Hello, and welcome to our podcast of Cornerstone Church. This is called Beyond Sunday, and just so everybody knows, the whole goal of Beyond Sunday is to get together a, a group of guys, which happens to be Christian and Spencer. Hello. And Hello. so they're here with us right now, still members of Cornerstone, which mm-hmm. we're very, still we're very thankful That's for. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, the whole goal is, is we, we oftentimes preach, we teach through God's Word, but... Um, so much of what we're wanting to do with this is to take those ideals, those truths, those amazing realities of God's Word that maybe sometimes can sit up on a, a theoretical conceptual level, and we want to figure out, though, how to land them into just the reality of life, and it comes from a place of friendship. Uh, the three of us have been friends for many years, mm-hmm. and uh, as kind of representative of Cornerstone in that way, our whole heart is to sit down and have a discussion because we really do believe the best way to land these things are inside of a local church. And so that's what we've been doing. And we've been teaching through a series on just thinking rightly in a, in a broken world. And now all three of us have had a chance to kind of preach through different aspects of how we've been approaching it. We, we started off using Romans 12 as kind of that, maybe that, that place to start, the, to springboard into all this, but really focusing on this idea of the renewing of the mind being crucial to how, we, how do we walk rightly. Uh, then we had uh, Christian who unpacked for us that idea. Well, then if we're needing to think rightly, well, what was the intent of, of the mind in the first place? Which was well, we Genesis also defined 4. the mind. Mm-hmm. I did define the mind, which is a funny thing to do is to define the mind. But yeah, we talked about the mind being that, that, that place. We, we called it an interface, which I got made fun of then that it was a computer term. But just that way in which we interact, uh, how we interact, how we think uh, rightly through the world. Yeah, how that, we interpret things how we in interpret, the world. Yeah. Um, that God has given us to not only understand our world, but also understand God yeah. In, yeah. in a lot of ways. And then Christian took us Genesis 1 and 2, kind mm-hmm. of laid out that idea of the intent of what the mind was and kind of laid out those three realities of, of the mind being something that's very limited mm-hmm. uh, and God creating that way on purpose so that yeah. we might, I think, even be dependent yep. um, on Him for his, his revelation, but then to do it out of that place, that trusting relationship. And mm-hmm. so we've used those as kind of a, those core pillars of, of how we're, we're approaching this. And then uh, Spencer uh, came along and, and really edified us and made us really encouraged by taking <laughs> us to Genesis 3 through chapter, chapter 3 through chapter 11. But did just a great job of helping us understand like the brokenness of not only the world we live in, but the brokenness of the mind. Yeah, that sin affects sin affects our how we how we think and how our mind actually That's operates. Right. Yeah. And then last week we talked about that the the only way that we ever can think rightly again mm-hmm. is to return to being in relationship with God, and we specifically looked at the person of the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit in that we cannot we cannot have minds that rightly relate to the world rightly relate to God apart from his work in us. But Mm -hmm. today what we're going to do is, and uh, it's coming off of just Christian preaching on scripture, but we want to kind of talk about just the essential role of the spirit-empowered text of God, God's word, the Bible, all those other amazing names for it. But Mm -hmm. maybe just to kind of start us off a little bit, Christian, why don't you kind of lay out for us, why, why is to us as followers of Jesus, why is it so important for us to slow down in, in talking about the mind and talk about God's Word, to talk about the Bible? Yeah, totally. I, again, I think it comes back to what we did lay out from Genesis 1, this idea that God created us with this incredible capacity to learn, but to learn in partnership with Him, to, to depend upon Him, to, to, to walk with Him. Mm-hmm. And so the renewal of our minds 
is a call back to that, to that, that original intent to walk with God in that relationship of trust. And what you showed us from, from first Corinthians is this idea that we've been given the spirit so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. And so the spirit's role in our lives in this transformation process is to call us back into that relationship of trust. The way that Paul talks about it in Galatians 5 is using that same kind of imagery we've talked about of if we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with Him. Let's let's walk with Him. And so then the question becomes, how do we keep in step with the Spirit? How do we walk with the Spirit? And again, I think it comes, it ties back to what we saw in the beginning, which is pay attention to what God says and then walk with the people that God gives you, right? In the same way that we saw in Genesis that God speaks to Adam, these commands to guide him, these, these, these explanations of the world around him to guide him, and then gives him Eve, this one who's made in the image of God, the same and yet different from him, to walk with him. What we see is the Spirit does the same thing. He speaks to us through God's word, and he indwells the people of God, our, our fellow believers. And so to walk by the Spirit, the kind of right foot, left foot, by which we take these steps with the Spirit is in dependence upon God's Word and in dependence upon God's people. Which we're going to unpack now over the kind of the next two weeks. Yeah. So when, when maybe like for us, like what would you say off of what you preached on when you say, man, this in a sentence or two is why this is so important that we look at God's Word. Why is it so important? Like, Two yeah. senses. Yeah, I would say, well, let me give you kind of the, the things, the, the main points of what I preached That'd be great. on. Right? It's just, why is God's word important? Because the Spirit inspired God's word. These are his words to us. So if you want to walk by the Spirit, you better pay attention to what he says, right? Yeah. Not only that, we see that the Spirit gives us new life through the word of God. We saw that from 1 Peter 1, that we are born again by the word of God. And that the Spirit also then grows us up. Uh, the way that he goes on in First Peter, the beginning of chapter 2, is that we crave the pure milk of the Word so that we might grow up in our salvation. So the fact that God speaks to us through His Word, that God saves us, gives us new life through His Word, and then grows us up in that salvation through His Word, I mean, that to me is, it's like a big billboard saying, pay attention here. Right. Right. I'm just going to go on record there and say that was longer than two sentences. It was. Or maybe True. Just two it really was run long. On. Like, Very run on. Yeah, two, you were a former English teacher. Yeah, yeah. we could put a, been... a couple like semicolons in yeah, there you could and really make it. it work. But All I right. think what's so cool about what you're saying there is, and I think what I was trying to get across, well, what Paul was getting across, what I was trying to emphasize from, from 1 Corinthians 2, in the same way we cannot rightly interact and relate to our world and God apart from the Spirit of God, we cannot think rightly to God and interact with the world that we live in apart from the Word of God. Yes. It, it is absolutely impossible. And so therefore, we must know God's Word if we're going to have minds that relate rightly to the world in which we live and to God. Is that, would that be a safe way of putting it? Yeah. I'll, let me give you my one sentence. Oh, one sentence. Why is the Word of God important? Because the Spirit inspires the Word, regenerates us by the Word, and grows us up by the Word. There that you is, go. That Compound is sentence. sentence. That yep. is, but that's a sentence. Well, yeah, I mean, just, and just really like normal person language, like for me, I go, it's, we all want to affirm like biblical living, mm -hmm. but like in order to ref like affirm biblical living, you've, you've got to know the Bible. Yes. Like you can't live biblical, you can't have a biblical marriage without knowing the Bible. Yeah. Like when we want to rush to the conclusion without doing the work on the front end. And it's like, hey, we want to have these biblical God-honoring lives, but we don't know God's word. And I was like, we want to have a biblical church, but we don't know the Bible or mm -hmm. families or parenting or whatever. And it's like, so yeah, I would, yeah, 
uh, amen. I'm excited yeah. where we're going here. So that's where we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna really lay it out, and we're gonna really I think hopefully delve into with Christian just this whole idea of why God's word is so essential to what we're doing. All right, so we've got kind of the start. Why it's so important, and um, and especially I thought like when you were preaching through this, like one of the key aspects you and you kind of reiterated your three points there, which yeah. are great. Maybe if you could for us take and op- help us kind of gain our footing again. Why? What are those three points that are so crucial? Maybe what sticks out to them? What are some of the crucial aspects that we need to understand so that we can kind of delve into then how do we land this a little bit in our life? Yeah, I think when we, that first one of God's word is important to the renewal of our minds because the spirit inspired God's word. Like looking at that passage in, in Second Peter 1 where Peter's reflecting back on the experience of seeing Jesus's transfiguration and he goes, guys, trust me, I'm not... This isn't something we fabricated. We're not following some flashy story somebody else told us. We were with him on the mountain. But then he makes that statement where he says, and we have something even more sure than that, even more sure than this amazing experience that I had with Jesus. The prophetic word is more sure, right? And he says, it's because no prophet wrote under their own thoughts, but they were carried along by the spirit. This sense of like even... Peter in that moment to say, even as redeemed image bearers, right? We are still not, to your point, Spencer, we are not flawless mirrors yet. Mm-hmm. There is still that sense of saying, or the way that Paul puts it in, in 1 Corinthians 13, we still see as in a mirror dimly. Yeah. Why is God's word more sure? Because the Holy Spirit sees with a greater clarity than we do. And he speaks, he carried along these men who, who wrote the, the books that we have in scripture. And so there is that sense of, this is more sure than my experience. Not to negate experience. Not to say that there's not that part where all of our senses are engaged in walking with God. But he says, if you want to know what you, what you like the tuning fork that you turn, tune your life to, it's the prophetic word that the spirit himself inspired. You know? Which is crucial here. Right, because to, I think your tuning fork thing is is crucial mm-hmm. because it is that resonance, it's that reality that of what God's word does in reminding us what is the rhythm of God's creation, right? Mm-hmm. How to rightly think and, and relate to the world in which you live. You, you look like you got. Yeah, thought. no, just that, I, I, my concern was that the I love it. Yeah, but some people might not understand the idea of a tuning fork, mm-hmm. and so. Like, what, do you, what does that actually mean, though? And I know we're jumping into the practical side, but, but an ideal, like, what does it actually mean to, like, are you saying, like, the Word of God has becomes the, the thing that we measure against, or is it the thing that causes us to be aligned with God's intent? Maybe just kind of go a little bit beyond and, like, bring it down to, like, people who don't know music. Love <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I don't know if maybe, like, the, the analogy of a compass is maybe a little bit more accessible in that way, of a compass, unless it's, unless it's a compass made in the Northern hemisphere that you're using in the Southern hemisphere, it's always going to point North. And so I might be in different places, different seasons, yet I I can make my heading based upon the fact that this magnetic compass will point North. Right. Um, And I think in the same way, though scripture was written at particular times in particular cultures because of the spirit's administration and, and, and inspiration of it, it's not just bound to particular times and particular cultures but we can study it carefully with an awareness of the history, the culture, the background, and all those things, and then do the careful work in community with others of going, okay, the, the timeless truth that I see in this word, how do, I, how do I 
align myself with that in the day that I'm living? Yeah. How do I like more of a like a compass sure. heading? Does that's, that... the, no, I think that's helpful. I think okay. both of those are really helpful. Cool. It's just I know that I'm not musically inclined, but directionally that makes that that helps me at least. Cool. So. I've I've hiked with him. He's also directionally challenged. That's so, fair too. Yeah. This we know. Let's just put our cards on the table. And that's oh, fair. Man. Yeah. I'm incompetent on most things. Yeah. So anything you can do to make it more accessible to me is helpful. <laughs> so uh, give us that second one then. Okay, so if this is one a- this one aspect, obviously uh, the Spirit of God uh, working in and through people, carrying them along as it talks about, you know, in Second yeah. Peter, to be able to write these true words of God. So then in your second point, how does that relate to then this idea of the importance of the Word of God? Yeah, the, the idea that God gives us new life, the yeah. Spirit gives us new li- life by the Word. I, I think that this was so... Uh, pivotal for me, even as a as a dad, um, wrestling through this with with my kids when they're young, I was a, a huge wrestle for me was just that sense of that I couldn't guarantee my kids' salvation. That was a huge wrestle for me early on. We would talk about that. I'd even just like, um, Lord, I, I want a sure thing. I want a sure thing. I, um, and how do I do that? And just wrestling. There was two places where I felt like, for me at least, that I really had to wrestle with this. One was in John 3 with what Jesus says to Nicodemus about this idea of unless someone's born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. They cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is going like, wait, what does this mean, right? You know, And, and Jesus says, it's like the wind. You see the effects of it, but you, you don't control it. That's what it's like for those who are born of the Spirit. And that really was really angsty for me of going, I just watch and I wait. And then it was connecting that dot with what Peter says in first Peter one, starting in like verse 22 of this idea that like, we've been born again by the living and abiding word of God. And he quotes from Isaiah about how like all flesh is like grass and it's glory, like the flower of the grass that withers and fades, but the word of God endures forever. And Peter says, that's this good news, this gospel that was preached to you. And that gave me something to hang on, not only in my life, but even as a, or in, as a dad with my kids, but as I walk with others as well, is just to recognize that the spirit who alone gives that new birth, who, who opens eyes, who, who um, shines that light into our hearts to understand who Jesus is, the means that Peter says that he uses is the living and abiding word of God. And so that at least is one of those things that, 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 that the, the anchor that I hook it on in my parenting and my relationships with others, the reason why I want to keep coming back to God's word is because I can't open anyone's eyes. I, I didn't even open my own eyes, right? But yet this word is the means that the spirit uses to bring about that new birth work. So that at least makes me go, okay, I can do that. I can be in God's word myself. I can lead my, my, my kids in in developing a, just an appreciation and regularly reading God's word um, because this is what scripture tells me is the means that the spirit uses, you know? Yeah, and then off of that, right, it's it's interesting, the very word that births us, right, to your point you said earlier, now lands into it in First Peter 2 where yeah. it's also the very word that nourishes us, right? Yeah. Which it's, I mean, in some ways you can tell the kind of the mother analogy that he's building. The yeah. same one that bore you is the same one that now sustains you so maybe unpack that a little bit now where we kind of move through okay great now we're enlivened right we we've come to life we've been born again and now the growth in it maybe unpack that a little bit more for us yeah i think i mean the way that like peter unpacks that analogy i love that idea where he says um crave the pure milk so that by it you might grow up into your salvation um that just that analogy of 
salvation being this gift by grace that we're given by the Spirit of God, and yet the Spirit himself in the Word says, it's a bit like Dad's suit. You got to grow up into it, right? There's growing room in this thing. Not to make us weird and angsty about, am I saved or am I not? Do I, is there something I, like, I need to do to achieve this? But more, again, that that salvation is not just status with God. It's a relationship with God that grows. And he says, keep going. Keep growing in this. The way that Paul puts it in Ephesians 4 is this idea, until we all attain to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I think that that, to me, is such a compelling image that... Um, that the salvation that I've been given by grace through faith in Jesus Christ is something that beckons me into this growing relationship. And the very word that opened my eyes is now the word that nourishes me toward maturity. There's also an interesting point there of God. As we grow in our salvation, God's word is growing in our life. And it's almost like, I mean, it's the Hebrews 4 thing, right? I'm going, the word of God is living and active and it's, and it's actually exposing and, and just kind of bearing us open for those opportunities to grow. But like, just as we're growing, the word of God is also living and active mm-hmm. and how it comes to bear in my life is, it's very dynamic. Yeah. I don't know if that was, I mean, cause it's weird. Cause it's like the word of God is, it doesn't change and yet it's incredibly dynamic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just the, the, we, we talk about this a lot, just even as in our preaching conversations of that help. The, the fun kind of riddle of simplicity and complexity where there is such simplicity in God's word and we want to be able to even understand it and communicate it in a way that is simple without oversimplifying it. But the more that you spend time in God's word, you, you start to feel like every phrase, every verse is like a hyperlink where you click on it and there's a whole world more. There's just so much that is so fun to explore in God's word. Um, but not to the point where you, you, you lose that ability to zoom back out and go, oh, yet there is still this simple walking with God in a relationship of trust. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. Lord, let me just be nourished by this day in, day out in a growing way. So you know? what is, as you kind of have wrestled with this, and it's, it was fun in sermon prep to kind of hear your wrestle and how we kind of tease that out a little bit, but... Like, how would you say then, man, what part does this play in us thinking rightly in a broken world? Like, if you were to say right now, this is it. Like, if I were to boil it down, these three things coming together, land that for us. What, what is it about this, though, that now allows us to think rightly in a, which we've, again, learned over the last two years. We were all exposed. Mm, yeah. Right? I've learned I'm not as biblical as I thought yep. I was. I've learned I'm not as... <laughs> As, as as whole as I am, right? I'm broken too. So maybe help us help us get that. Like why why do we need to understand this so our right our minds can be made right for the world we live in? Yeah, no, I I think that this is part of why we continue to come back and say at the at the center of our idea of discipleship here at Cornerstone is this sense of the Bible as one unified story, and grasping that one unified story, and even seeing ourselves. Not just seeing ourselves reflected in certain characters of, oh, I really relate to this character, but like seeing ourselves in our time in God's story is because not only is the, the call, in, whether it's marriage or parenting, whatever it might be, you can't have a biblical marriage or be, have a biblical parent-child relationship apart from knowing the Bible. Um, 
the idea being that this word is not only a story that we study, but a story that then we almost put on like glasses. It becomes the lenses through which we view the world around us. And that idea of both knowing God's word in its own right, studying it faithfully, but then studying the world around us in light of it. And we've often talked about this of like making sure you put the right lenses on first. When we talk even about the, the Romans 12 idea of not being conformed to the pattern of this world, again, whether that's family background, my own personality, my own experiences, culture, whatever it may be, those are all kind of those lenses that we can naturally have on first. And this idea of, of growing up in our understanding of God's word, it really is that sense of reprioritizing and going before culture, before family background, even before the way that I want to think about my gender, my ethnicity, or anything like that, we put the lenses of God's word on first in an ongoing way so that we might see the rest of life differently. Which by implication, right, it's, and I thought Spencer really drew this out in first, in Titus 1.15, it also is acknowledging we're off. Yes. Right, it, it to need lenses means our, our vision is mm-hmm. off, right? We and I, th- and I thought, again, the way you brought that out in Titus 1.15 and Romans 1.28, in uh, uh, just various passages that speak to the mind, almost every one of the passages that's connected to the mind is an affirmation that our minds are off. Yes, and need right? to be revealed. I need the corrective nature yeah. of something. And the beauty is, is, is because it needs to be corrected, is that God's word does come in now and correct that vision so that we might overcome. And again, not just overnight, yeah. but over time, begin to see more and more clearly interact with, engage in the world we live in and to know God. But that's where I think you go back to like what you preached on, whatever, two weeks, three weeks ago on knowing God's intention for mm-hmm. knowledge in the beginning. One of the components was not, it was knowing God in a dependent way. We were dependent on God's revelation. Mm-hmm. Well, the word of God is God's revelation. And so it's like in a weird way, when we... When we kind of align ourselves rightly with scripture, we are going back to what God intended of going, no, no, our knowledge is still dependent on what God reveals to us. We just now are at a point where it's like, oh, God is revealing himself through his word, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, th- I think in a cool way you go, oh, this is going back to what God intended. Yeah. And I think that what Paul says in, in Galatians 5, that idea of keep in step with the spirit mm-hmm. is so sometimes comforting and sometimes really convicting for me. That idea of keep keep in step with me. Don't run out ahead of me. Don't lag behind me. Don't run away from me. Let's keep in step. Let's walk at pace with each other. And there are times in my life where that means moving slower than I want to. And there are times in life where that means moving faster than I want to. But just saying, Lord, I want you to set the pace for this. Not when I get around to it. Yeah, pace not, and direction. And pace and direction, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. hard. Because I think in many times we do want to slow down and we get sped up. Mm-hmm. And many times we want to speed up and we get slowed down, yeah. right? In okay. so many different ways. Speaking of speeding up and slowing speeding down. Speeding up is time. We just got the mark from Robin where she says, hey, here's your time. And so what I'm going to do is, is let's look, okay, so let's draw this together. Uh, just the importance of God's word laid out in those three points, but but in a big way, we need those lenses. Yeah. And those lenses correct how we view the word, the world wrongly, we perceive things wrongly. And to Spencer's point, though, it draws us back into something. It draws us back into those three pillars that we talked about earlier. So yeah. here's what I want to do now. I, I, I do want to land some key things in here because I know in the back of my head, I've got some thoughts that I think I struggle through that I'd love to throw on the table. 
and it's not just confession time. It's like, I really do think there's things, and probably people listening right now, I think, mm-hmm. are like, okay, well, here are some things I'm wrestling with and battling with that I'd love to do. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that here right now. All right, so let me, let me kind of jump this, this last section off with, I think is the obvious, which is most people that I know that are followers of Jesus, and we talk about the importance of God's word, most people aren't going to argue with me on that. Right? Yeah. Like I, I think most people across the board go, yeah, it's an incredible book. Uh, the fact that 40 different authors over 1,500 years, the, the role that it's played in reshaping culture and civilization and, and people's individual lives. Mm-hmm. But I think like one of the things that we run into as I talk to people is, but it's so hard to be in it. Mm. The, the daily, you know, the weekly, the just life wrestle, if this story is so crucial, then why do I struggle staying in it? Right. And so let me just let me throw that on the table and then we can build out from there. But but where do we take that? OK, so it is yeah. hard. What, what do we do? Like, what, what is it? I see Spencer yeah. loaded up. No, so no, I'll, it's, I'll it's one of those. As you as you say that, it's it's fascinating because it's in my head of going totally get that. And go, man, I, I struggle to spend time in God's word regularly. Or, you know, I go through those seasons where I like, I know I should spend time in God's word, but but truth be told, I actually don't think that's the problem. I actually think that's the symptom of the problem. Hmm. And I, I think this, the problem goes back to what Christian said just a few minutes ago, which was the the biblical story, you know, the Bible, God's revelation is the is the lens by which we're interpreting the world around us. And for me, I get caught. You can only have one, like, primary lens, you know, or primary thing that you're viewing the world through. And I get caught up with so many other things that are affecting how I'm interpreting the world. Mm. And whether it be the job that I'm in, and I start thinking through the world of my job first, or, um, you know, my role is like I'm I'm a dad. And, and, I, and I, so I interpret everything through the lens, first and foremost, of me being a dad or, you know, whatever political persuasion you might land on. And so if you're, if you're interpreting the world through the neighborhood or through your whatever status you have or whatever roles you have, and those are the primary ways you're making sense of the world, then the Bible's in a secondary role. And you're not going to see the need to think or spend time in God's word First and foremost, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Or, or like you only value the Bible in as much as it relates to that primary question you're asking. Yeah, 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 like people. yeah, like you go. If I think in first and foremost that I'm a family, like family first, mm-hmm. and that's how I'm interpreting the world, then all of a sudden I look and I go, "Oh, go make disciples of all nations." As soon as you're, assuming your family's all saved first, like yeah. why would I go if my family's not saved? You know, and so I insert, I interpret the Bible through some other lens. Yeah. Maybe. And even sometimes Christian marketing plays into that. Like the Christian businessmen's study Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's an entire Bible through the lens of your profession first. It's like, okay, what if you approach that from, no, I am an image bearer of God in Christ before anything else, follower of this Jesus. That's the first lens is I need to keep and putting that, on. And that shapes how you engage. That tells you how to be a businessman, yeah. not the businessman's Bible tells you how to be a businessman <laughs> well, think, or whatever, right? Yeah, but I think that's like, I don't know about you. I think that's one of those, uh, the the pressures in, in even of being a pastor is if I approach God's word as like a leader or teacher of others first, 
I'm going to, the first lenses I'm going to put on is what do they need to hear from this? Hmm. And that is such an easy habit to develop when you're regularly teaching from this book. Yeah, yeah. Because you can begin to think in your lens, I don't need this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for others, which is, it's interesting, right? Where you, you guys are, you're talking down now a topic, which I think is huge because yeah. there's two things that happen. One, if that's my lens now I go look in the back of my Bible for the verses that I find in it, and I quickly put together a theology based upon, mm. like, you know, where I find something in the, in the back of my Bible real quickly versus what you guys are saying. It's, it's not about looking up words. It's about knowing the story, yeah, right? It's right. the shaping of it that allows me to live rightly as a businessman or as these different things. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. But then I think another thing you're touching on, Spencer which is as I engage with other source material as my primary source material, well, I, I don't then, First Peter 2, hunger anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the argument in 2.1 that you have in First Peter is, you know, put away hypocrisy, envy, slander, those kinds of things. Yeah. But I, I think it's like if, if, I'm, if I'm filling myself up with other things, I'm going to naturally not hunger. I'm, I'm an unhealthy baby. Like in some yeah. ways, I think we have to be honest. Yeah. When we're not hungering for God's word, we're not healthy. Now, again, yeah. you can fill in all the blanks of why we're unhealthy, but I think maybe even kind of to talk to you at the core point of who we are yeah. is that there's, we have to ask the question, why don't I hunger? So, mm-hmm. so here's a question, and I'm, I mean... I'll start with confession, but then you guys aren't going to be off the hook on this one. I'm going, <laughs> what are the what are the lenses that compete oh. for you guys uh, that come before the Bible in the way you interpret the world around you? For me, like, and I know this is a hot button issue, and, and I hope you guys listen long enough to get through past the buzz language. I first and foremost think as an American, as a United States citizen, and going man, I value independence. I value my freedom and my autonomy. And I almost interpret everything in life through that. And so now all of a sudden I read the Bible and I'm like, well, I can do it myself. <laughs> you know, and I, and I try to just work hard and I try to just earn it and I try to do it. And I, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but I'm like, wait, that's so contrary to the biblical story which I know we're going to talk about next week of going, no, no, no. Like one of the ways we are dependent upon God is being interdependent on each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and the grace of God is actually contrary to, I'm just going to work harder at this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, but, but I have to do battle in my own thinking all the time because I'm so shaped by the culture that I grew up in. Yeah, which is myriad, right? I mean, yeah. all of us grew up in different cultural realities, which is why I've loved... Living in Southern California, even though like Simi's a little bit of a bubble, is that it has forced me to be around other people that don't think like me, yeah. that come from other cultures, other backgrounds. But so you're saying there's not a lot of diversity in Wyoming? <laughs> it is crazy diverse in Wyoming. <laughs> if you're talking about cattle, um, <laughs> but I I think on the another part when you were asking where do we struggle, it's not only that I'm an American. It's that now that I... United States citizen. There's a lot of America. Okay, a United States citizen in the continent of North America. Thank you, Spencer. (laughs) But I think like one of the things that you really hit on, Christian, Mm. is as a shepherd, as the Bible answer man, Mm -hmm. as the guy that gets right freed to be able to spend lots of time here, is I begin to come to God's word forgetting that I'm a baby. Mm -hmm. I, I forget it. Like, I don't mean to. I come to it for other people. 
Um, I come to it because I've got to prep a message. I come to it for all kinds of reasons. And I lose the fact that kind of that mother analogy, I need to be fed. I I need this in my Mm -hmm. life. I, I think that's been one of my biggest kind of maybe awarenesses lately, which now if we're talking about the mind, if I'm coming to it with that lens, I think what that's created in me is a hypercritical spirit where thinking I've maybe arrived, you know, so hmm. now I can be the Pharisee that stands and prays, oh, God, thank you so much that you've not made me like them. Yeah. And and so it's weird, to your point, it's, it's not, it is definitely as a, a United States uh, citizen, mm-hmm. but now as a pastor inside of my pocket of spiritual family, just the forgetting how much I just need to be a baby and just feed on God's word first so that I can actually rightly come alongside of us. And again, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think that's like where one of my biggest struggles has I've noticed lately in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I, I would agree with you on that. I think that when we were when we were putting together that disciple definite that the definition of a disciple when we were doing the membership series the last couple of months, like that has been um, so in, like instructive and corrective to my heart. And I want to approach God's word as a disciple first, not just a discipler of others, but as one who's seeking to learn from Jesus and trust him and become like him so that I can help others do the same. But I think that that sense of, um, from, from my own need, but I also know, I think, I think just out of a, again, just speaking personally out of a sense of just weariness of this past season, I noticed that sometimes like, um, that becomes a lens and which I put on is more of a self-protective lens, a, um, oh, like distrusting. Yeah. And more of that. Uh, cause it's so funny. It's uh, okay. skeptical. Maybe, we're going to, you know? we're going to get into it right now. I, I think <laughs> that for me, as someone who came to know that Jesus as a young age and yet wrestled in friendships a lot from a young age, there is deep within me, this sense of, even if everybody else lets me down, Jesus won't. And so sometimes I'll preemptively strike and go, so therefore I'm just going to hang out with Jesus because he won't hurt, like he won't hurt me. And I think that sometimes in moments of weariness, tiredness, or just, you know, relational hardship, I crave that. The desert fathers from church history start to sound really good. I'd love to go live in a cave somewhere and not deal with people. And I think that that love God and love my neighbor as myself, um, I know that sometimes it's like that, that turning that one turning that direction to love my neighbor is a place where it's just sometimes it's good to just stay in refuge and not re-engage you know what i mean mm-hmm. which i think again when it's you we're talking about the role of god's word to your point we don't mean to but those lenses get up there yeah. whether we like it or not right like yeah. and, and i think we it's it, and it happens in a deceptive way, mm-hmm. it's we don't. It, it's not like we we ha- we think we have those lenses up there, mm-hmm. but yet next thing we know, we yeah. we get busted in some way, right? Oh, totally. It, we're even the last two years. To your point, yeah. it <laughs> gets exposed. And and what you talked about when you preached, Spencer, it's like, man, if I'm going to be a man of a, a man of the word, well, I need to actually be in the word. All those different things. Well, man, I. I think I got exposed in that way because mm-hmm. I want to be a man of God that's in God's word. I want to have a biblical church, right? 
But then keeping God's word at the forefront in that, right. it, you don't mean to, but lenses creep in. So mm-hmm. what's funny is, so yesterday, this gets exposed in my heart, right? I'm going, um, and it's, it's these, this is not a bad thing. This is just one of those things that becomes a primary lens as opposed to the word of God becoming primary is, is some like the personality profiling and oh, personality gosh. traits and stuff where I'm this first yeah. or, and it was in, in specifically in and around communication styles. And I went, and what I said was, well, I'm just a really, you know, um, I limit, I, I'm not ex- overly communicative. I, I limit the amount of data I give to people and that's just the way I am. And the person I was talking to, they need more information. It wasn't my wife. It was just another relationship. But that's, <laughs> hey, that's neither here nor there. Actually, it's true in both situations. But I don't communicate well. Well, And my justification was, well, that's just the way I am. Yeah, this is yeah. this personality type. And the reality is God's word has called me to love others. Mm-hmm. And if I look at what God's word says, it says, man, you know what? The person that's sitting across from me, they need more information. And so if I'm going to love them and I'm going to, to die to myself and actually allow the word of God to be primary, my personality isn't first and foremost. I need to actually allow my personality to die a little bit. It still can inform, mm-hmm. but I need to actually maybe give preference to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think like what you're saying, and, and I love even Christian what you're laying out, what scripture does is it brings our mind into alignment with the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Here is God's word, and we are off. And what God's word does is it, it brings into alignment our mind with the word of God so that we see and perceive and interact with God in his world with a correctly aligned mind and with God's word, the heart of God, the revelation of God, so yeah. that we can interact that way. But I don't think it's until sometimes we have failure, right? We we sometimes we'll notice it in the failure of others. Most more more times it's in the failure of, our, <laughs> of ourselves. So I appreciate the two of you laying out all your failures totally. right now. Yeah. I feel a lot better about myself as a as a Pharisee. But man, just and I can't get this enough: the role of God's word, the rhythm of God's word, of pulling that mind of ours, which is a it's a malleable, adjustable reality, man. And if we don't pull it into alignment with God's word. Mm-hmm. We will view and perceive and understand God and His world wrongly. Well, it's not good. Go I ahead, just Christian. think like what Hebrews four says about God's word being living and active and able to discern between the mm. thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Um, as someone who likes to think of myself as pretty logical, I make sense to myself. There is something humbling about that verse to go. Oh, I don't even have clarity on what's going on inside me, but yet God's word is able to God's word is able to shine light on what's really going on in my heart and my mind in a way that is instructive and transformative. I need that. Right. And this is where this is probably setting us up for next week a little bit, but it's not just God's word, but it's God's people Amen. applying God's word to my life and like, how is it that God's word is, is sharper than any two edged sword and you're able to discern, you know, thoughts and intentions. Sometimes it's just God's word and, and just personal time in the word, but sometimes it's reading God's word with God's people Amen. and going, man, the role of the Holy spirit using both of those things in our lives. Yeah. What I think we have, it comes to something that Spencer, you keep hitting on. We have to acknowledge we're off. Yeah. Right, like, you know, we always talk about sometimes I need to go for counseling because there's something wrong with me. Well, that assumes that you think that there's not something wrong with you in the past. 
we always need counsel, right? We yeah. we are always off. We we always mm-hmm. and, and and the hard part about it is is that we are self deceived to the point where I can even look at God's word, and because my lenses are off, I can tell myself one thing, but it's not till I have a godly you know brother or sister in Christ that comes along and says, "Oh no, no you're actually off," right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you you don't you don't see yourself correctly, which I can't wait to get into yeah. the next week because I I thought like one of the things you drew out when you when you preached was this idea towards the very end. It's a y'all thing, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's letting the word of Christ not just dwell in you individually, but y'all, yeah. so that y'all might sing these songs and hymns and spiritual teaching songs. and admonishing, call, like calling each other out. Yeah. I, I mean, I even think back to Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen that like God's word is breathed out by God, so it's profitable for teaching us, for reproving us. Seriously, like the stop, you're going the wrong way correcting us, showing the right, and, and then uh, training us in that righteousness for our ultimate maturity. And we all need all of those in every area of life. Here's what's true. Here's where you're out of line. Yeah. Here's how you can be corrected. That's what God's word's yeah. given to us, breathed out by God for us. For Amen. And I think like just as I kind of draw this to a close, I think just even speaking to both of you guys in my life, we need that. Amen. Like each of mm. you in different ways have spoken into my life, which I'm so thankful for, where we, we don't mean to, but we get deceived. Mm-hmm. And the truths of God's word, the reality of it is the, is the only way we'll be able to even perceive life. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I wanted to thank all of you for hanging out with us today, uh, just spending a little bit of time with us. We'll be continuing on looking at this at this particular series of how to how to think rightly in a, in a broken world. But Maybe just as a finishing thought, um, don't forget this in this mind thing. All of these come together in such a way so that we might be what Christian talked about when we looked at Genesis 1 and 2, these people that truly are able to live dependently upon God, mm-hmm. uh, trusting God, realizing that we we can't consume everything, but isn't it great God gives us revelation so that we might know Him. But the other part about it is that we might be in, in a trusting relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that we can actually... Him reflect him to the world so that we can actually be the people he intends us to be and reflect him to be these people that display jesus christ into the world in which we live so uh, as we as we keep going through this don't forget those three big things we want to reflect god well but those three key pillars are so crucial to where we're going so thank you so much Uh, god bless each of you thanks for just being a part of cornerstone love you guys and so have a phenomenal week we'll see you later